Good morning, church. Uh, for those of you in person, it is obvious that I'm not in my current spot and also online. You can see around me. Uh, I'm taping this from my office and uh, we're um, going live with that message today uh, for a few reasons. And I uh, wanted to share a little bit about uh, my last couple of weeks. And you know, when we were last together, uh, I was talking about going on vacation and hoping to um, have some time to refresh and help us plan ahead. And, and, you know, you get a lot of plans about what you hope might happen. And, uh, and things kind of really quickly uh, changed for me on my vacation. Uh, it was just that Sunday night, got home from church. And, and that evening, my mom called to say that my stepdad had tested positive for COVID. And, and they live in another state. And, um, and so, there, you know, she was worried about that. And she's got some other tests that um, this kind of added some complications to and delayed some, some, some other things that are going on for them. Um, and so like, okay, well, just keep us updated how you're feeling. And so I uh, actually had, I had one vacation day. I had uh, my Tuesday off, and that was kind of the last normal day of my vacation. Uh, and then suddenly uh, our two-year-old's daycare got shut down because there was a couple COVID cases there. And, and then a few days later, my wife and our five-year-old's uh, their offices got shut down and their classrooms got shut down. And so uh, suddenly the whole family's at home and you're thinking, well, okay, we, we didn't plan on vacation to look exactly like this, but maybe we'll make the best of it. And that night on uh, that Friday night, uh, Jane and, and Beth got some sort of stomach virus or, or some sort of stomach bug. And so then Gwen and I are looking at each other like, well, are we next? And... Um, my wife and our two-year-old got COVID tests the next day just to make sure that they didn't have that, and the test came back negative. Um, but our two-year-old, as usual, her ear started hurting her, and, and as is the case for her, turns out she had an ear infection that we had to take care of on Monday. And uh, before you know it, my wife started feeling a little bit more like she had some sort of flu or something. Or she felt drained and, and felt like something was just off. And so... Uh, she left school and went and got a, another rapid test and did a PCR test, and the rapid COVID test said negative again. Um, and then as the next day, we found out that the PCR test was positive. So the whole family then is going into lockdown and um, trying to quarantine and, and wait things out and gave a rapid test, and it turned out the two-year-old sometime between that Saturday and that day uh, now also tested positive. And so uh, Gwen and I were kind of huddled up for a while, trying to see if we could weather out the storm. And we turned back negative on that Friday and um, weren't having any symptoms. And then Saturday, I hadn't said anything to Gwen yet. And suddenly she comes to me and says, hey, Dad, my, my throat kind of hurts. And so uh, mine did as well. And so uh, we, we all ended up um, going through our, our COVID bout, which thankfully was mild symptoms and, you know, some exhaustion and um, some congestion things, but for the most part, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. We can't complain too much on that front. Uh, but it did completely throw off um, the rest and the plans that we had to kind of rejuvenate. And I had hoped to be there last Sunday because uh, even though we had two guest speakers in a row, I was going to be here this last week and I was looking forward to uh, getting to be there with you and Brian, our region executive from ABC of Michigan, was going to be here with us. And um, so I I was disappointed I didn't get to be there for that. Uh, and so we're just coming out of quarantine. And I know for a lot of folks with the uh, kind of reduced quarantine time frame, 
it creates a little bit of some anxiety. And, and so uh, since I'm just getting out of that quarantine phase, we figured it'd be, it'd be safer for us, more comfortable for everybody uh, to just record the sermon so we could, we could talk, we could hear what God has to say to one another, and we could see one another uh, without, you know, having to be stuck, uh, kind of masked and separated from each other more uh, for today. And so in the midst of that, it's just that, again, reminder that these last few years, not much has gone according to plan. And that can be frustrating, that can be confusing, that can be uh, all sorts of emotions for us. And so today we're going to actually read from the prophet Jeremiah and read a little bit about plans and maybe the plans Jeremiah has and the plans that God has. And so uh, I want to read this text kind of in full, and then we'll talk about it together. So uh, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 10. Prophet Jeremiah reads as follows. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I don't know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. I I don't actually think it's terribly challenging for us to imagine what it was like in Jeremiah's day. I know there's a lot of things that might seem different. Uh, but the book of Jeremiah is, is a lament, as a cry out, and, and sadness, and judgment, and in hope about the loss of all things familiar. Uh, for, for that time, it was losing the familiarity of Jerusalem, losing the familiarity of the temple, uh, losing the regular life experiences that they were used to uh, as Babylon came through and conquered uh, Jerusalem and, and ripped out a lot of the people into exile. Jeremiah himself is kind of kidnapped, kind of uh, is taken to Egypt to flee in the midst of this exile. And so people are, are losing life as normal. They're losing uh, what their status quo was. And there's good and bad things involved in that. And so the whole book of Jeremiah is, is kind of Jeremiah dealing with um, trying to talk about uh, what God is doing in the world in that time in the midst of all sorts of plans all falling apart. And so when we pick up this text, I, I want us to notice the scope, uh, the scope of God's timing, the scope of, of God's plans for Jeremiah and for the world. Uh, because uh, this text begins that the word of the Lord came to, to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And texts like these usually probably just pop up for us when we're talking about um, Roe v. Wade and, and pro-life, pro-choice, and, and these kinds of issues around pregnancies. Um, but I want you to just hear about before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So 
before you uh, existed, before your parents had you, before you were even in the womb, God is saying, I have plans for you. Uh, and that plan is, is time-wise, extends beyond what anybody can see. Uh, it extends beyond what we can imagine. Before Jeremiah is even a thought in someone's mind, in his parents' minds, even before he's formed in his mother's body, he is already in God's imagination, uh, being known, having plans. And I think sometimes when we hear that, it can stress us out because we can be like, well, if God has plans for me before I'm even born, like how do I figure out what those plans are? And there's this fretting around uh, what am I supposed to do? If God's got this plan for me from before I was born, how do I know what it is? But I think it's okay just to rest in that even when you don't know that God is forming you throughout your life, uh, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, that, that God is in the midst of doing something. And so God knows even before you're born uh, that what God wants to do in you, what God wants to form in you and also in the world around you. And so uh, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. And he appointed Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. And so God's saying here, here your role, your job is to be a prophet to the nations. Uh, a prophet isn't necessarily an easy job. Maybe in certain situations, if you're only getting to say good news, maybe that sounds great. Um, but if you're also having to bring uh, announcements of, of failure, of, of judgment, of disappointment. Uh, that's not exactly an easy uh, call, an easy invite. And so something else that I think is important about seeing what God's scope and plans are for Jeremiah here is God's scope about the timing of this calling is, is not just knowing it before Jeremiah was born, but God sends Jeremiah, God's commissioning Jeremiah, before Jeremiah even feels ready to be about that mission. Uh, it wasn't waiting until Jeremiah is like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this, I'm good to go. Now God shows up and says, okay, now that you're ready, here's what I have to tell you. Uh, but instead, Jeremiah 1.6, we hear when Jeremiah hears the words that before I was formed in the womb, God's saying, I knew you, I'm, I'm appointing you to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah's response to God is, um, Lord God, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a boy. Uh, so Jeremiah is saying, God, I think you've got the wrong guy, because uh, I'm not a guy. I, I'm just a kid. I'm not ready for this. Surely you want somebody else. And maybe you know that feeling. Uh, you know that feeling of, of the invitation uh, to be about something, maybe it was a, a job offer, maybe it was a, a ministry uh, opportunity, maybe it was an opportunity to speak in front of a group, maybe it was an opportunity to, to lead up a mission, uh, outreach, whatever kind of thing that got invited to you that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for this, am I? Can we really do this? Is this really what you want from me, God? Like, there's plenty of other people, right? There's plenty of other more qualified people, more trained people, uh, better speakers, better uh, motivators. And so Jeremiah has the gumption to say to God in this story, God, uh, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a boy. 
And he's saying, God, you're asking me to talk, and I can't do it. I'm not ready. And so there are, there are folks who might feel that same way, that you're not ready, and yet God might be inviting you into something. And so today, maybe just spend some time and, and reflect on, uh, God, can I take that leap of faith? Can I take that step out with you? When you call me out, can I, can I say, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my all uh, and walk even when I don't feel like I'm, I'm fully ready. And so God hears Jeremiah's response, and, J- and the Lord says to Jeremiah, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And you shall speak whatever I command you. And so God says, okay, I hear you, but we're going to stop this line of thought. Uh, sometimes we kind of dwell on whatever, like, whatever negativity, whatever, like, limitation we think we have for ourselves, and say, ah, I'm not a good speaker. And therefore, we think, I'm never going to speak. I, I just can't do this. Uh, give me any other task. And God says here, hey, don't say that you're only a boy. Um, you shall go uh, and do as I call you to. Uh, don't worry about that fear. Don't worry about that hesitation. Just, just go. And so I, I know we can kind of hear the words of Moses and, and his experience in the story as well. Hey, God, I, I can't speak. I, I'm slow to speak. Hey, shouldn't you go call my brother? And there are times where God says, okay, let me bring some people along beside you. And there are some times like here in Jeremiah where God's like, hey, stop it. Just go do this. I've asked you to do it. You can do it. Go. And so Jeremiah, you know, he's called even before he's in the womb. He's called even before he feels ready to go. And uh, he's called before he feels confident about that mission. Uh, God goes on to say, don't be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. God calls out our our fear that sometimes we're too afraid of failing. We're too afraid of what the other person might think or say. We're too afraid of what we might say or, or do that doesn't quite live up to it. And our fears keep us from going. And so God says, hey, don't belittle yourself. Don't call yourself just a boy. Hey, don't be afraid. Go. I am with you to deliver you. And sometimes I wonder how much we rely on God's presence, God's strength. How much do we depend on God instead of depending on ourselves and say, uh, I know I can't do it. And so we stop short and we, we just don't live out the calling God has for us. Uh, but God says, hey, don't be afraid. I am with you to deliver you. You know, I was thinking the other day, um, one of the the weird opportunities that I had in the midst of being sick and being in quarantine was um, I've had a few times where I keep getting really exhausted and just go to sleep. And I'm not really a nap person, um, but I've had quite a bit of naps lately as I just kind of, my energy levels are getting back to normal. And I had the, one of the most lucid dreams I've had in a while where um, it was just, it, it felt I, like I was very aware in the midst of the dream. And, it, you know, as dreams are, they're a little bit weird and strange and bring together a lot of stuff going on in the world and in your life. And I remember the really odd uh, 
a thing of uh, someone in this dream asks me that it says I, I should talk about um, what happened with uh, John Stockton, and this doesn't really matter. Um, if you don't know, John Stockton, famous uh, basketball player, uh, who's an alumni of, of Gonzaga, and he wasn't following their safety protocols, and so they had to revoke his season tickets. And it's really a sad thing because, you know, he's uh, a beloved member of that community, and I'm sure the university was not uh, excited to have to revoke his access to games, but he wasn't following the protocols. Anyways, it's just kind of a mess. But in my dream, my, my dream self responded with, I can't talk about that. Uh, why, why would I talk about it? If I talk about it, half the people aren't going to care at all. They're going to be like indifferent about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, and maybe a quarter people will be upset with you. And a quarter people will hate you for talking about whatever that topic is. And um, even though it's a dream, I think there is something true about this, this fear that we have of um, in a world that feels so gridlocked and so divided and so divisive, there is a temptation to just kind of crawl into a hole, disappear, never talk about anything of any value or importance ever again, because it's just, all it's going to do is reinforce the folks who already agree with you, make people who disagree with you very upset and angry, and it's just going to further divide everybody. And uh, I think there's something to this story about if God has given you uh, a mission, has given you a calling, not to give up on that calling out of fear of what somebody might say. Um, the fact that this text says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. Uh, I do think that there's a reminder to uh, when times get tough, when there's important things that are necessary to talk about in the world, that we spend more time relying on God and trusting in God and not living out of fear and being inactive based on fear. And so for some folks who maybe you've given up hope uh, that our communities can be even more healthy, that they can be even stronger uh, in a time where people want to, uh, to ban certain topics, ban certain books, let's just not talk about these issues. Talking about the issues are just going to cause more problems. Uh, what is it to to fight for a better world uh, that looks more like God's kingdom here on earth. And so maybe this text of God commissioning Jeremiah might speak to you, don't be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Now, this commissioning, this mission of Jeremiah's is possible because God is with Jeremiah. I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Uh, the text goes on here to say that the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, Jeremiah's mouth, and the Lord continues to speak. Uh, the prophets continually make this kind of imagery. There's different ways of showing it, uh, but the Lord touches out to touch Jeremiah's mouth, to enable Jeremiah's mouth to be able to speak all that the Lord commands him. There's a recognition that we, we do have a lot of failings. We do come up short. We don't we don't have the right articulations. We, we mess things up. We make the wrong examples. We, we don't live things out the way that we, we could or should. Uh, and the text says that we need to have a high reliance and, and to, to show up before God and say, God, change me, cleanse me, give me words, give me thoughts, give me, give me the, 
the power, the enabling I need to live out this calling that you've given me. Uh, because we can't do it on our own. You, you might have been um, gifted, skilled, called to do into whatever ministry that you're, you have in your life. But if you try to do it on your own, you'll often dry up, you'll, you'll burn out, you'll feel empty, you'll feel hypocritical. Uh, and how important it is to keep coming back to God and saying, God, I need you. I need your strength. Give me a voice. And when God touches Jeremiah's mouth, you know, he's going to speak a lot. This book is a collection of writings that are handed down to us from, from Jeremiah's life and his words. And maybe for you, that gifting, that empowerment isn't necessarily just speech. Maybe for you, uh, that's uh, walking in some sort of way of like, hey, I, I want to live this mission out. I want to uh, go feed people. I want to go clothe people. I want to give back to the world. I want to show what charity looks like. Maybe for you, your calling is, is in your workplace. So how do you live that work, that work environment? How do you show what God looks like in that work environment? Maybe it's about how to be a, a good neighbor. Maybe it's how to be a good uh, child or parent. Maybe it's how to be a good friend or spouse, like whatever God has gifted you, enabled you, commissioned you to do, uh, it's so vital to show back up to God and say, God, give me the strength, give me uh, the touch it needs to enable this to happen. I can't do it on my own. And so that limitation isn't saying, hey, God, I don't want to be about this. I can't do it. I, leave me alone. It's saying, hey, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live into this, but I need your help. Please heal me, strengthen me. And so the Lord pull, puts out his hand and touches Jeremiah's mouth, and the Lord says to Jeremiah, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow to build, and to plant. This commissioning here might sound enticing. Uh, it's this invitation that seems powerful. And there's a temptation with this calling of God of like, hey, here's this role I have for you that we want to take advantage of it. And if I'm appointed over the nations, over the kingdoms, and I can pluck up and, or pull down, I can destroy or I can build, and start thinking, I'm pretty awesome. Look at this wonderful role I have, and I start doing things. Again, if I start moving away from God, I'm going to build up or I'm going to tear down based on what I want, not on what God wants. And so Jeremiah is commissioned with a heavy responsibility. He's got a wide net calling, not just to his people, but over the nations and over kingdoms, over all people, to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. I think what's challenging is knowing how to do all of that in balance. Like maybe it's easy just to be a destroyer, to go around, you know, we kind of have the caricatures of the street corner prophet of somebody that's just pronouncing judgment. Hey, God's coming for you. God's going to destroy this. Uh, you're sinning. This is all going to come crumbling down. Uh, that can be a, a, an avenue that becomes easy for a lot of folks. 
Uh, it's easy to get into a critical phase where we see all the flaws and we can tear everything down. And so it was easy in Jeremiah's time. It wasn't hard to look around and see, hey, it looks like things are about to fall apart. Uh, maybe it's not that hard to see the warning signs that Babylon is on the horizon. And while some people are saying, hey, we're safe, it's okay, we don't have to do anything, it probably wasn't terribly challenging to look at the world and say, hey, we might be in a little bit of danger here. There's a Babylon coming. And so some people might want to hide their eyes and they wouldn't notice it. Uh, but the criticalness of, hey, you need to watch out, uh, might have been easy. And in our today's world, you know, there's plenty of, of potential disasters, potential threats, uh, whether it's in, in health or climate or uh, community problems or geopolitical ones. or There's all sorts of dangers. And there's all sorts of ways that it's really easy to critique and to tear down and say this wasn't living up to how it should be. Uh, and it's easy to destroy and to overthrow. Um, but what is it to do that while also being commissioned to build and to plant? Like, it's so much harder to say, this thing is wrong, it's, it's falling short of what God wants, and to also then say, here's exactly the ways in which God calls us to be. Here's how God invites us to build, uh, to, to set right, to live correctly. And so, what is it to have both of those callings? You know, it's really easy to, uh, you know, like for sports fans, you know, I'm sure after a Sunday Lions game on Monday morning, it's easy to kind of critique the franchise or critique uh, the players or the coaches. Um, but it's harder to actually put a strategy of here's how we can do this. Here's the right personnel groups. Here's the right uh, coaching staff. Here's the right general manager. Like to actually build something is much harder than just to critique it. And so if you're someone who's found yourself really being having eyes to see things that are wrong and flawed and harmful and hateful and angry and evil, I would challenge you along with this text to think about how do I build up in the midst of this? What, what's there to plant into this space? What's there to give hope that there's another day coming, that there's a different day coming? And I do want to also note that for some of us, if you're leaning on one side of talking about destruction or building up, it can be tempting to also just talk about how to build up and how to plant and only talk about the positive, the hopeful, the, the easy, the, the comfortable things. And what is it to be told to talk about what things need destruction and to be overthrown as well as to be built and to plant? And so there are systems, there are patterns, there are uh, things that harm people, that hurt people, that pull people down. And what is it to be able to name those things, to call them out? Uh, and even when it's hard, it's like, ah, oh, do we really want to have to talk about this issue again? Are we just causing drama by talking about this issue? What is it to say, no, there are certain things that need to be overthrown. There are certain things that need to be plucked up. And what's challenging for us all is how to do both of those things well. How do we have 
this appointment? How do we live a little bit like Jeremiah? God tells Jeremiah, today I appoint you over the nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And when I think about how do you do this well, being commissioned with whatever that voice is for you, it might not be words, it might be lived out actions, or it might be in this text uh, prophesying of use your words. Um, but when we are called to do that, I can't help but think of the other lectionary text for today, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about everybody's competing about which gifts are more important, which things matter more, which, which empowerments of God have more value uh, and should be praised more. And I just want you to hear again the often quoted words from 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the completeness comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, and then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. Paul invites us uh, to reflect on our callings, uh, that no matter what gifts God is enabling in us, no matter what strengths, no matter what talents, no matter what uh, words God gives each of us, uh, they all mean nothing if they're not done with love. When God invites you to help uh, overthrow and put down systems of oppression and hate, we don't do so uh, enjoying uh, the destructive processes for its own sake. We do it out of love for people who are harmed, who are being set free. We do it for, in love for those who are causing harm that we might set them free uh, to be about God's ways and not the harmful ways. What is it to not boast and what our gifts are? Maybe your calling doesn't feel as grand as Jeremiah's. Maybe it feels small, but no matter what your calling is, if it is done with love, it is done with a thing that will last forever. And so I hope that you don't feel like you might belittle what your calling is, that whatever God has tasked you with, whatever God has commissioned you for before you were even born, 
it lasts as we cling to God and cling to Jesus and cling to love, which endures. And so today I just want to invite you uh, that maybe today and throughout the week you might just spend some time in prayer, some time just getting close to God, saying, God, what plans, what missions, what goal do you have that I need to be living about today? What, what might you send me to go do for your kingdom's sake? Not for my sake, not for my own glory, not my own honor, not my own strength or power, but what can I do for you, God? And when you hear what that might be, may you not feel afraid. May you not feel afraid about your own limitations. May you not feel afraid about what others might say or do. But may you hear God's loving embrace, God's loving uh, words of hope, of peace. Uh, may you hear what God has for you in this season. So even if your plans feel short, even if they feel frail and fragile, and like they keep getting just blown away in the wind. Our plans uh, have the most stability. They last, they endure when we cling to God who loves us and endures all things. And so that's my, uh, my hope for you this week, that you might just rest in God's love and, and be empowered to go out and to do the work that God has for you this week. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I am thankful that you are a God who brings us together even when we are distant. That no matter where we are in this moment, your, your life flows through us. Lord, let your love flow through us as well. May we be united in our love and not our fears. May we be united in your hope and not in our doubts. Lord, I ask that you might give us the strength and the courage to live lives uh, that seek after your kingdom and that are not afraid of the obstacles along the way. Lord, I ask for your, your healing touch. Lord, mend us, build us up, but also tear down those things that cause us to stumble and to keep us from following after you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.